there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast, the podcast where two youth group leaders try to figure out how to do youth group better. My name is Chris Morphew. I'm an author, youth group leader, and school chaplain here in Sydney, Australia. And as always, joining me from Melbourne is author, speaker, and youth leader, Tom French. How are you going, Tom? Well, I've got a little bit of a cold, and I'm a bit sleepy. Yeah, but otherwise, I'm pretty good. I'm probably how you want to spend your birthday, though. A what? It's not how you want to spend your birthday. Is it my birthday? It's our birthday, Tom. It's our twenty fifth birthday of (gasps) the podcast. Oh my goodness, that's That's amazing! Quarter century. Congratulations to us. We did it. We did. (laughs) We did it. The podcast could have its own child by now, and they could have started yeah. school. Yeah, if they could be married, could have be uh, saving for a deposit for a house. I mean, keep dreaming, but all right. <laughs> I didn't say to have one; just saving. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, can I warn the podcast listeners that I'm going to be making probably ample use of the mute function that I now know exists to cover my coughing um, because I am still coughing a lot after being sick for a week. Um, I'm also going to open a can, which I know is very unprofessional, Tom, but I'm parched. We could could have played like the secret sound. Mm. If you can guess what the can was of, maybe you'll win a prize. Oh, yeah. Speaking of fun podcast games, we're not going to play Grocery or Nursery today because I um, forgot about ordering groceries in sync with the podcast. But next week, we'll bring the game back and we can have another thrilling round of Grocery or Nursery. Because, oh, yeah, last time we already told them the answer. It never yeah. came. We, we've not had a successful guess. <laughs> um some would say we'd not have a we've not had a successful iteration of the game at all. But anyway, that's all the more reason to try again next week. But you can but there was ha- that have time this week came. off, listeners. It came and there was a knock at the door. People could have entered and won that that's week. That's true. They were there waiting for the prize to jackpot. I think. Yeah. Um, we're look. We're sitting at still at two books and a sniffy thing. Uh, air freshener, yeah. Yeah, air freshener. <laughs> I was thinking about maybe doing some special podcast air fresheners. Um, oh. Would you, what do you think? Are you on board with that? No, not at all. Okay, cool. I'll do it. Um, <laughs> but but I had a thought about podcast merch. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's any time you go into a shop and you see something that says happy birthday on it, mm. you can... To assume that it's our podcast merch. That way, we don't have to produce any merch. But you know, our merch is out there. Whenever you should, see "Happy Birthday," you're like, "Wow, this is the podcast." And should they send ten percent of the cost price of that item to us, and that <laughs> yes. can be how it makes money, the way that regular merch does? Yeah, they should buy it and put an extra ten percent on top and send that to us. Great. Yes. No, they shouldn't. Um, Semi steel from wherever the, yeah. they're getting it from at the yeah, shops. Yeah. yeah, so it's like the GST, but the uh, the podcast, the PST. Great. Yeah. Um, should we talk about youth group, Tom? I feel oh, like we've got a bit to get through. It's another um, late night recording session, listeners. So 
if we're off the rails already, that's at least part of the reason. Yes. Also right. because this is the way the podcast works. But So how was your youth group this week, Chris? Um, Tom, I was on holidays, so ah. I didn't have youth group. How was yours? What did yours? you do on your Friday night? On my Friday night, it's all a bit of a blur. <laughs> what did I do? I think I... No, don't know. It was the holidays. I don't need to know what I did on what specific day. That's what term time is for. But we're back this week, Tom, and that's very exciting. All right. Well, you can tell me about that later because it's way too early to know about next week. I know. Well, and you, what did you do last week, Tom? We we had youth group because down in Victoria, we care about learning. We are the education state, so we started school already. Great. And so we're back for youth group and we kicked off a term where we're learning about Elijah the prophet, but uh, it was because of the first week of term, we thought fun times for all, let's have a games night. So we had big games night. So we're at the hall of a church, which is like one of the, one of the churches in our combined youth group has moved from their old church church to merge with another church and so they've got this nice new church building the building is very old and falling apart but it's bigger and new for all of us so we're in a big hall which kind of felt like for the first time we're in like a the the kind of hall that you do youth group in Mm -hmm. one of the parents arrived and was like this is like a youth group hall there's like the the parquetry on the floor is that what you call it parquetry where you have the like the whole of the floor is made up of little like wooden wooden kind of slats the size of piano keys and it makes like a checkered kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean evidently you already know a lot more about flooring <laughs> than I do. Yeah, well it just feels like it a sounds thing. like a flooring word. Yeah. And it feels like a thing that happened in like church halls in the nineteen seventies. And so this hall had it and it's just a big cold church hall and noisy very echoey. I'm like, this is this is that youth does group. sound like a youth group hall. Yeah, <clears throat> fluorescent lights. Nothing, nothing yeah. warm and inviting about it. One of my abiding memories of my time at youth group was that I. It's in my memory. Like once a month, we'd be playing a ball game in the hall, and it was a like big high ceiling hall. But once a month, some like year ten boy would kick a ball up into the air and it would (laughs) like knock into the lights and everyone would kind of hold their breath as seemingly in slow motion a fluorescent tube dropped (laughs) out of the bracket and (laughs) fell towards the ground and just shattered into absolute dust. Mm, And then the youth group leaders would sigh and someone would go and get a dustpan and brush. (laughs) That is youth group. That's... Uh, yeah, we didn't do that this week, but uh, I think if if we were there for another three weeks, sometime in that four weeks, mm-hmm. we would lose a light. There was also a brand new projector that was on oh, the ceiling. Don't and kick a ball I was told, into that. Yeah, I was told by the the vicar. She was like, "You can do whatever you want, just don't break the projector." So I was concerned about the projector all night. Anyway, so the the. The idea for big games was we just played games that were big because we're in a big hall. So it was some a lot of it was just normal games but made bigger. So we played life size like tic tac toe but with four to a side. <laughs> tic tac toe 
Is tic-tac-toe noughts and crosses? Yeah. Okay. That was actually, um, that was on the list of things to do, but we didn't get there. We ran out of time. But there was large noughts and crosses was, was on the list. Was that for if only two people showed up? No, no, it was going to be that game where you like do it in teams and then one per- you have to run and put down a, a naught or a cross and then. Oh, you like the next match person it up with a relay in. and then they can. Yeah. Yeah, great. And then you can move other people's things or something. I can't, I don't know the rules. I was just going to trust the leader who ran it, but they didn't get to run it. Anyway, so the first game was large snakes and ladders, which was pretty fun. Uh, it was, we, we were the, like each of the youth were, was a piece on the board and there were actually, it wasn't snakes and ladders. It was called snakes and snakes and and hannahs, snakes and hannahs, because we have a lot of girls called Hannah in our youth group. And then we have our ghost called Hannah. And so there was Hannah, the ghost who was, would move people up the board. And then there were the snakes that would move people down the board. So there was a nice little kind of in-joke reference for us there. Did you have youth climbing each other or am I imagining it wrong? No, no, no one was climbing. No, the, it was the ghost that moved people, not actual Hannahs. were not like helping people move up the board. <laughs> the board was just on the ground. It was like on a plastic paint sheet and yeah. there were like like squares on it and then there were like cardboard snakes on the board. And you just stood on it and then they rolled dice, large dice, gotcha. and they'd walk up the board. And we also didn't play it with like four players. We played it with the entire youth group. So it got it was a very full board around the uh six, seven, eight mark. And if ever you landed on the same square, they, the other person got kicked off and it was kind of fun and exciting. So yeah. Life size snakes and ladders. You can have that one if you want. Uh and then uh, I, because I was inspired by you going on Amazon and finding inflatable things, mm-hmm. I decided to do that. But I, I just started, you know, very conventional and bought a giant inflatable ball, which is like a got a one point five meter diameter. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, it was very it's bigger cool. than most balls. Bigger than the most ball, not maybe not the one that like drops at New York at midnight. I don't, well, that's I don't know much big, bigger than most that balls. Is, yeah, I don't know how I don't know how big that ball is, but it seems like it's pretty big. Anyway, but it's a big ball, and we played uh, two games, which <laughs> I don't know if it's even worth trying to explain them because you kind of have to see them to explain them. But there was one called Gauntlet where the youth had to run between like two lines of youth and try not to get hit by a ball, and another called Roulette where we made like a roulette wheel out of humans and then pushed the ball around the wheel of us like there's an inner circle of people and an outer circle of people and the ball gets pushed around to teach them about gambling you're chasing down a youth there was wasn't there wasn't actual gambling uh but there was it was a competition see how long you could survive without getting hit by a ball it was kind of like if that the big ball in um in indiana jones and the Mm -hmm. raise the lost ark if that was just on a on a roulette wheel and you're getting chased down by it forever that's how the game worked because people just keep pushing the ball trying to catch you. It's like Indiana Jones meets Sisyphus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We should have called it Sisyphus Jones uh, well, next time we play the game. That's there for next time. 
then I've got to explain two different references to the youth. <laughs> um, so that's a fun game. And then uh, we played a game where, you know how you'd have the minty wrapper game where you have to rip up a minty wrapper and make it as long as possible, which is, do you know that? you like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, okay. You just, you're blank, blank facing me. So I just, and no one even can see it on the podcast. So thanks for your, mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so we played that, but with A4 sheets of Sorry, paper. Sorry, I'll do more audio feedback. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Keep you. Keep going. Uh, there was uh, A4 sheets of paper to mm. see how far we could get, <laughs> we could get that. And then they had to like cut the paper and try and fit fit thread a person through it. And mm. it was just big, big things that you got to do. And by that stage, things had taken longer than we thought. And so it was time for our talk. So I gave a talk, it was about Elijah, when he, uh, right at the beginning, when he gets, uh, he turns up, he's the Tishbite from Tishbe, and he tells the people of Israel there's not going to be any rain uh, until God says so, because they've been worshipping Baal, and then he goes to live in a ravine and is brought food by ravens, and then he, when the brook dries up, he heads off to Sidon and lives with the widow and her son. And they get fed for a while until the sun dies. And then Elijah prays the sun would come back to life, and he does. And that's the end of the story. It's a lot to it, pack into one week. Yeah. Look, it, after I decided it and told everyone that's what I was speaking on, once I was doing I was like, oh, goodness, this is so much. I should not have picked <laughs> such a long passage to to speak on. Um. Yeah, and my point was, like I talked about feeling isolated because of your commitment to your faith. So Elijah, because of his obedience to God, gets isolated from his people, has to go and live in isolation, and then he has to go and live amongst people who worship a different God, And um, but he's still a blessing to them. And I talked about how when you've, when you're a Christian, uh, particularly for a lot of our crew who go to school and they don't know many or any other Christians in their school, mm. they can feel isolated. Um, and particularly if they actually work at living out their faith, the things they do and things they say will isolate them. And and I wanted them to remember that God sees them and God is with them and God provides ways for them to be cared for. I spoke about our youth group as being like one of the ways that God is caring mm. for them, our youth group of ravens who's spiritually feeding them. Um, and I talked about how also that God, even when you're isolated, though God calls us to be a blessing to those people who may not be on our team, like the widow and her son. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so it felt to me like I had a – I was pretty pleased with the talk uh, in the abstract, but then in the presentation it didn't feel quite as – quite as good as I would have liked. I, mm. I had that issue of Friday night talk giving where I just didn't quite get enough time to put everything together when I was also trying to run a youth group. So I don't know, I'd, but hopefully something was encouraging. At the end of the night, one of the youth leaders prayed and she prayed exactly the points that I was making. So I was like, well, great. they came across at least. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> question for you. Yeah. How long do you reckon you spend on an average week preparing a talk on a week that you're giving a youth group talk? Um, oh, that's right. Like, because this one, 
like I'd or, I'd, or, I'd done a talk on this passage before, and I was like, oh, I'll just adapt that. And then I listened to it. I'm like, nah, that's, that's not really where my youth are at. And also it was 35 minutes long. So I was like, why did I even talk for that long when I did that talk originally? So like this one probably took me five or six hours, I think, mm-hmm. in like from initially first listening to the other talk and reading the passage, reading some commentaries, but if I was going working from scratch, if it's a youth talk, it'd be, yeah, probably anywhere between five and ten hours. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's probably close to the five hours, but I'd rather be close to the ten. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky, and I'll remind listeners not just um, to prop up my own ego, but for the sake of clarity, that Tom. Uh, is a paid youth worker and yeah. I am a volunteer <laughs> youth worker. Um, and so when I say I spend less time than that, um, I want to, like, that's not just like, I'm not being defensive. I just think it's, no, no, it's, no. it's that's it's, a thing yeah. in the mix, you know? <laughs> um, and so I guess another question that I would have is like, when other people do the talks, do you have any sense of how long they spend or like how long you would like them to spend? I I would like them to spend at least that much time, but, but partly because like one of the things that we try and do is give out the talk, uh, like the, like the Bible passages and the talks at the beginning of the term mm. early, so people have plenty of time to get to work, knowing that you know you might only get to put in half an hour one week, an hour the next week. Yeah, but the like as you kind of work on it over four or five weeks, it kind of builds up. And then you've got work happening in the back of your mind when you're preparing so that <clears throat> what I might squeeze into a week, they can do long over a longer period of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. My guess is that you, as someone who's more experienced in speaking and also that, you know, part of your job is regularly doing Bible talks, um, you can get through it quicker than someone who doesn't do it that regularly. Yeah, well, like, I never have as much time as I want to work on youth group talks because, you know, I have the speaking and teaching stuff that I have to work on for my job at school and then Friday night. Sometimes I, you know, have close to as much time as I'd like to spend on it that I spend on it, but most of the time, you know, I am leaning pretty heavily on the fact that I do it pretty regularly. Um, but I, the reason I ask and, like, the reason I'm kind of noticing the the time slipping away from me this week is because I'm on the first talk of a new series that we're doing on Friday. Um, and so we're going through the Book of Ephesians and when we do topical stuff or when we go through a book that I've gone through before, it's so much quicker and easier because at the very least I kind of have the points in my head. Um, mm. But with this, it's like I've never taught through Ephesians before, so it all feels pretty new. Thankfully, you have. Um, I have. <laughs> and so I have um, been reading again and I've distributed to – our other leaders, your um, devotional guide 
to the book of Ephesians. So that's been super helpful. Um, but yeah, like it's an interesting one because there are times when I can get away with maybe spending an hour and that's it because I'm basically giving a facelift to something that I've done before or whatever, but that's not ideal. Um, and I guess it is just that kind of somewhere between here's what best practice would be and mm-hmm. here's what, you know, doing the bare minimum would be. Somewhere in the middle there is what I usually end up with. But, um, yeah, it's tricky. In a in a busy week, especially um, if it's not the primary thing that you're filling your week with yeah it's tough when i preach a sermon at church Mm. that takes ages but that doesn't feel as sustainable to me at youth group because i'm doing it so much more often yeah yeah i try i think doing less talks um ideally gives you more time to work on it Mm. but because uh, like in my role i've got all the other things that, that are going on and i'm preaching other places then i I don't get my weeks of lead up that I would like myself, but um, you know, we, uh, yep, no points. That's the end. The end of what I was going to say. Oh well, <laughs> maybe I'll wrap up by saying, I think, um, you know, as is the theme of this podcast. In the end, I think we can trust God to work with whatever we're able to, you know, bring to the table. Let's do our best to put in the work, but let's give ourselves a break when the time runs out. It's always good to remember that Jonah uh, was able to preach a five-word sermon and an entire city repented. And so he put the least effort in and achieved a lot. So God can do what he wants. Not prescriptive, though. Um, All right. (laughs) Did you have any other reflections on your night at youth group? Oh, only that, like, this is not really a reflection except, like, something that was memorable is that we had a youth who, it was his birthday, and uh, I chatted to him beforehand to see how much fuss he wanted to make, and he wasn't that keen on fuss, so we had, a like, a secret happy birthday that we sang to him, and we didn't tell the youth who we were singing happy birthday to, so they enjoyed trying to figure out who it was, and his parents said they were going to send a cake, and they sent five cakes, so we had so much cake at youth group which was on top of the many donuts that I bought for youth group. So it was just a, it, for a big night, it was a Did big night of dessert him? at the end. It was amazing. That's the end. That's all I Great. want to say. Did you air fry the donuts? No, because the air fryer came from our the visiting youth group. So. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, shall we have a question, it. Tom? Yeah, we should. Give us a question, Chris. Okay. Um, so this one comes from Heidi. We said it was gonna, we were gonna answer it eventually, and here we are. Here we um, are. <coughs> I forgot to mute. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Chris and Tom. I have a few youths in my small group who have difficult family situations at home. One is super vocal and tends to overshare, making the group uneasy. What is the best way to manage this, making sure she feels heard, and more importantly, is safe at home, while ensuring the other youth needs are met? Uh, by the way, I've really been enjoying listening to your podcast. You've given me so much helpful guidance and ideas. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. Um, Tom? Yeah, thanks. Thoughts? Well, I have some, but I think you should talk because I'd spend a lot of time talking. So okay. what are your thoughts, Chris? Um, my thoughts is it's really tricky and it's really difficult to give um, 
like I, this is the kind of stuff that needs to be kind of carefully nuanced based on the situation. Um, and, you know, over the years at youth group, we've had all kinds of people from all kinds of um, different family situations come along. Um, and I think the most important thing is that they feel safe and welcome. Um, and the fact that um, this young person that you're talking about feels safe enough to share what they're going through, I think is a good sign in a sense because it says like youth group is a place where she feels comfortable and like she wants to share what's going on. It might be worth um, having some kind of like side conversation with this person to just kind of, uh, you know, not, not asking like probing questions or whatever, because that can muddy the waters if there's anything serious going on and there's any kind of legal stuff that needs to happen. Um, and I should say that everything I'm saying here, like the first thing is um, whatever the child safe standards are in your state or area, whatever your mandatory reporting responsibilities are, like I'm just going to take as given that you're going to do that stuff. But in terms of making the other youth feel safe and not like the conversation is being dominated by this stuff in a way that's unhealthy. Um, it might be just worth a quiet word saying, Hey, super happy to chat to you about this stuff. Um, I'm not sure it's something that is going to be helpful for everybody to hear. You know, we want to look after you. We want to make sure that you are, that you're safe and that you feel heard and, and all of that. But, you know, for some of these people who don't really have a context for, what you're going through, it's a bit confronting, which isn't bad, but, you know, for the sake of taking the best care of you and taking the best care of them, you know, come talk to us about it if you've got stuff to talk about. I don't know. It's tough, right? Like I'm, this is, I think that the the difficulty is that I'm trying to respond in the abstract, not knowing the kid because I'm, and as I do that, I'm running down a list of like half a dozen kids that I've, you know, tried to take care of through various different things and the right way to respond so much, you know, with once you've done the kind of standard best practice safety and care stuff, the right way to respond really depends so much on um, the individual. Like if you think there's a risk of significant harm, report it to whoever you need to report it to. If it's not that kind of situation, then it may be, the sort of thing where whoever's kind of like a leader who's got a connection that this person wants to may like want to speak to about this stuff, then like have that conversation, not like all the way offline, but like, you know, in a public space, but um, yeah, like find a way that's safe and appropriate to give this person an opportunity to share, which will hopefully then make her feel less like she needs to overshare in a public setting. That is my slightly meandering, but best advice, I think. Tom? Yeah. Well, I've, um, I've created a, a uh, an imaginary young person in my head to respond to uh, mm -hmm. just so that I can give some advice. Well, 
based on some youth that I have met in the past. But I think one thing this that might that would work for this imaginary youth, and if it works for your youth, this could be good. Um, one of the things I do with my young people is I we are we check in every week. And I know there are some youth who are going to always talk more than others. And so uh, we put it, we often, because my youth are younger, like the ones in my small group, we put a timer on so that we get through things quickly. And I say, oh, we've got this much time, quick, quick, quick. So we share our prayer points, what's been going on in the week, but make sure that we move through quickly. And I probably do that a few times and I put the the young person who's sharing more than others closer to the end. And so we run out of time. Uh, so that there's, so then we can have the conversation. Say, hey, so we're not saying. I think my worry is if you pull them aside and say, oh, you know, it's great. We love that you're sharing. You feel safe to share, but not everyone can. Uh, you know, it might not be suitable for the group. Um, that for some young people that will be fine, and for others they'll just shut down. They're like, oh, you don't mm. want to hear what I've got to say. And so I would then say, oh, you know, it's been it's great having you share. You've got a lot to share, and we keep running out of time. What if we make sure we check in with you every week? So outside of small group, because you've got so much to share, we want to hear how your week's been. Um, when you get to youth group, the first thing I want you to do is run up and find this leader or this leader and tell us out of 10, how's your week been? And then we can have a quick chat and see what's going on. If we need to chat more at the end of youth group, we can. Um, maybe you can set up a text group with with two leaders and the young person they can check in like giving them all these different spaces to check in that's outside of the small group so they can still feel heard and maybe have a more special connection to a few leaders not to one leader but to a few leaders so there's safety and accountability there Mm. um and yeah without ever being at saying you're a problem but saying we want to hear more from you and let's create a space where we can do that but yeah, that's that's that. If if that if I did that for my imaginary young person, they would respond really well and think I was a hero, youth leader. So I think it's perfect advice. We should imagine all our youth, Tom. <laughs> yeah, then everything would go great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess. It, I guess it comes back down to what I was saying before of like, it'll be, and I I think you kind of said this too that like for different youth, they're going to respond to different. Um, ways of approaching this in different ways. And so I think try something as sensitively as you can, you know, be wise in in the way that you do it so that there's sensitivity and, and accountability and all of that stuff. And also like pray for them. Like I know that's obvious and mm. I'm sure you're <laughs> you're doing that already, Heidi, but I think for a lot of the kids and young people that I've been through this kind of stuff with, it's about the long game, you know, either they're mm-hmm. only, they, um, you know, jump in and jump out of youth group really quick. And, you know, you pray that God used whatever you did in that little blip to move things along for them. Or if they're sticking around, then yeah, it's less about what happens on any one particular night, any one particular conversation and more about like your ongoing presence as the leadership of the youth group and as the youth group community, which is going to show, this person that you love them and that you care for Mm -hmm. them and that you know when and if things escalate or things come out or thing you know the the situation becomes more than what it is now yeah they're going to know that you are um that you've got their back and that 
that you're safe people to to help them with that stuff. Mm. That's good. Well, I think we uh, we solved that problem with our imaginations just then. If uh, if people have more uh, like topics they want us to solve with imaginary youth, where should they ask their questions, Chris? They can go to Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast at gmail dot com. Well, they can't go there. They can go to their email service of choice and email Chris yeah. and Tom's Youth Group Podcast at gmail dot com, and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Sounds um, great. I do want to say one more thing on all of that. Just that, like Ooh, this stuff yeah. is is it's hard. It's not straightforward. And if there was a one size fits all approach and if there was a thing that you could just say, Oh, here, just do this, then we'd all do it and it'd be fine. But we're dealing with complex human beings. And so it's all, it's complex, but hopefully some of that was vaguely helpful. Yeah. And probably you can hear our answers and then be like, that would not work at all, which will give you some ideas about what you should be doing. Cause it might be the opposite of what we suggest. So maybe we can help you that way. Also, know who you're, and again, probably telling you what you already know, but everyone at your youth group needs to know who your, who the person is that they've got to report stuff to at such time as they've got to report stuff. I know that yes. is basic, but it, it bears repeating. So, yeah. All right. Tell me, Chris, what's happening in your youth group this week? Um, this week it is uh, the return of how many the exciting... <laughs> game where i asked them how many blank and they say how many they want to do and then they find out what it is that they're gonna do um (laughs) which sounds ludicrous but it is backed by popular demand ever since last time when someone said that they would do 18 and it was 18 seconds of Spraying yourself with Lynx Africa. So, <laughs> longtime podcast listeners will remember the game from six months ago, but it's back. We'll see if it works twice. Um, and then we're getting into Ephesians. So, that'll be good. Um, Tom, these podcasts just seem to keep on getting longer and longer, don't they? <laughs> we somehow thought we were going to have time to um, do a whole other segment about like youth group ideas. For great activities to start the term, but maybe we'll find time for that next week. Yep. I just hope people are are putting it on 1.5 speed and getting through it quick. That seems right. Well, I know we don't edit, but maybe we should. (laughs) It might happen this week. (laughs) See how we go. Um, Is it time for the music? Anything else before the music? I don't think so. No, let's do it. Let's have some music. Happens. I think it's happening. Can you hear it? I can. Yes. Thank you for listening to Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast. Um, If my average gusto levels are a little bit down, it's because it's late and I'm tired. But we'll be back and fighting fit again next week with some game ideas, fun things. It's going to be great. Um, Check out tomfrench.com.au for all the Tom French things. And And that's all. Nailed it again. I- ish. Yeah, we nailed it.